Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fact Checker podcast. Uh, we're excited to be here, and we're excited to have you here as well. Um, I will let the team introduce themselves. I'm Erin Jordan, the Gazette's investigative reporter. And I'm Molly Duffy, the Gazette's K-12 education reporter. And I'm Michaela Ram. I am the Gazette's healthcare reporter and your temporary host for this podcast. Um, Today, we will be checking an ad by Teresa Greenfield. Uh, She is the Democratic nominee for the Senate race against uh, Joni Ernst. Uh, She launched a ad last month um, that we are going to be checking out. Um, And for background, uh, it's called The Best of Iowa. And essentially, the, um, the, the... Greenfield talks about um, how uh, she is refusing donations from uh, corporate political action committees. And specifically, she stated in the ad, I don't take corporate PAC money. So we're going to dig into that a little bit. During this crisis, we've seen the best of Iowa. But we've also seen the worst of Washington. The lobbyists swooped in and politicians voted to bail out their big corporate donors. Workers and small business got the short end of the stick again. I'm Teresa Greenfield, and I don't take corporate PAC money because I don't think politicians should put corporate interests ahead of you. I approve this message because we need a senator who works for Iowa. This one was kind of a tough one for me, I'll admit, because I had never really delved into FEC filings too much before this. So uh, thanks ahead of time to Aaron for for kind of giving me a tutorial and helping me kind of find my way through that. So thanks for that. Um, so to get started, um, to for background, uh, Greenfield, she pledged a year ago when she was still um, in the primary race that she wouldn't be taking corporate PAC money. Um, and so for background, A corporate PAC is a fundraising political action committee that is made up of employees of a specific corporation that funnels donations to candidates or in support of or to oppose certain ballot initiative, essentially. Um, So she, in in a review of FEC filings, uh, Greenfield had, in fact, not taken any corporate PAC money. So um, that seemed relatively straightforward. the only thing that was of difference for this one that I found kind of in the midst of my review was that though she hadn't taken any corporate PAC money, she had taken money from, you know, political action committees that they themselves had received uh, donations from corporate PAC money. So uh, there's a little bit of degree of separation there, but for the most part, um, it's enough of a separation that I felt that that claim was accurate. And I gave her an A for this, but uh, we can talk a little bit about this. But I wasn't sure what, what the other team sort of thought of this claim and, and my fact check on this. You want to go first, Molly? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I think um, I, I agree with your conclusions. Um, and it does seem, you know, probably one of our more straightforward checks, um, just if her campaign hasn't taken any money from super PACs and that's what she said. Um, I am good with that. Um, the, the one thing that I thought maybe we could flesh out a little bit more, um, sort of in the written check, uh, and, and probably on the podcast as well is just kind of the difference between a pack and a super PAC. Um, because I mean, she has taken money from, from PACs, correct? Yes, she has. Yeah. So I guess I was just wondering, um, kind of what the difference is there. I, I mean, my understanding is that super PACs um, can make unlimited uh, donations sort of in support of a candidate. Um, and 
you know, kind of that just kind of gives them almost unlimited power in uh, trying to to sway the outcomes um, of various races and ballot initiatives. Is that kind of your understanding as well? And I just wondered if maybe we should make that a little bit more clear, just so people understand why not taking money from super PACs is different from saying I won't take money from a PAC. Yeah. Yeah, no, we can certainly do that. And I think that was kind of, um, you know, what you're saying about how donations from a super PAC can kind of influence a candidate. That seems to be the line of thinking with taking donations from a corporate PAC. Um, the, the thought is that by refusing those donations, you're therefore, the candidate is therefore sort of refusing to benefit a special interest. Um, and so I can kind of flesh that out a little bit more because obviously a corporate pack with with a specific interest in mind is different than like a leadership pack, you know, whose interest is getting the Democratic or the Republican candidate in office or a little bit different from like special interest groups where, you know, they are supporting candidates who are behind gun control measures or supporting candidates who are against abortion, um, things like that. So, yeah, I can kind of flesh that out a little bit more and kind of. Because I know, like digging into this, the the difference between packs, I hadn't realized there was such nuance behind them. So yeah, I can certainly flesh that out a little bit more. Okay, yeah, and I think I think you you come. I mean, you do it um, in the check, and you obviously know. I just think that can be really. I mean, even for me, I had to Google like, wait, what's the difference between a super pack and a pack? And um, it just gets really complicated, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, but the the. Claim doesn't say anything about super PACs. It says I don't take corporate PAC money. So um, yeah, I guess I'm not that, sure where the super PAC comes in. When she says corporate PAC, do we think that she means a super PAC? I don't know. I I don't. I mean, I think a super PAC is different. It can raise money from individuals, corporations, unions, and other groups without any legal limit on donation size versus a corporate PAC, which as Michaela wrote here, it's um, made up of employees of the specific corporation. And like she gives some examples in here of some of the largest corporate PACs in the U.S. are Raytheon Technologies, Comcast Corp., and AT&T. So for each of those corporate PACs, it would be employees of those companies that would be funneling their money to the corporate pack, but it sounds like a super pack is broader than that. Right. But but since she doesn't specifically mention super packs, I'm not sure how much we need to go down that road. Yeah, actually, um, I think I might have misread, which I guess uh, <laughs> bolsters my claim that packs are really confusing. Yeah. Um, no, it is really confusing. Yeah, sorry. Well, I wanted to. Sorry. I... Yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> no, I, and I just wanted to, um, and that was something when I initially read it too, just like, wait a minute. I, I hadn't thought about packs being all these different types of packs. And I, you know, I appreciate Michaela, you kind of spelling out some examples here. Cause that's always helpful for me. Um, but I don't know that we should like, I feel like Greenfield should be dinged a little bit for, um, the whole thing, like she says, I don't take corporate PAC money when in fact she has accepted some money that originally came from corporate PACs. So if the Democratic leadership PACs, as you report, um, 
do receive corporate PAC money and that's passed on to her, she's probably getting some of that indirectly. Mm-hmm. And it made me, it reminded me of the check we did of Elizabeth Warren in January. Um, so Warren had said she didn't do any big dollar fundraisers. So I'm just pulling that up here. Okay. She said she didn't, I'm not doing big dollar fundraisers. Her campaign is 100% grassroots. And we gave her an A on the first part because since she had run during her presidential campaign, she did not do any of those um, types of fundraisers, but she did transfer some money from her Senate campaign in which she had done um, some more of those fundraisers. So we, we gave her a B um, just because some of that money indirectly had made it into her presidential campaign. And I kind mm-hmm. of feel like there's some parallels with the Greenfield ad. I don't know if it's enough to downgrade to a B, but I just wonder what you guys thought about that. Yeah, no, that is a really good point. That's something that I really thought a lot about when I was working on this. It was like, yeah, directly she hasn't taken the corporate PAC money, but that's not to say that she hasn't maybe benefited from that system in some way. Um, Yeah, I kind of waffled on that too, but I'm curious what Molly thinks on that. Um. I mean, I could see us kind of digging her to a to a B for that because it is, yeah, it's a little bit uh, disingenuous, I guess, to say that. Well, I don't know. I mean, the way that she phrases it, she says, "I don't take corporate PAC money," so I don't know. It does feel like, uh, you know, like it's one of those claims that's made in a very specific way, uh, for a reason. <laughs> uh. But I think your analysis does kind of show that her campaign does benefit from corporate PAC money. Right. Right. I know the term like I don't accept corporate PAC money makes it seem like, yes, she directly hasn't. Um, But yeah, um, I know this is one of those things where if we had like pluses or minuses, I I definitely would have probably landed on an A minus. Um, But it sounds like we have two votes for downgrading her to a B or I guess... Do we think that that warrants this? I I would support downgrading, but if you guys don't, I'm not going to, you know, go to battle over it. <laughs> no, I I think a B is fair, especially with that context of the way that we approach the Warren um, claim as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I would be in support of that. True, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's still accurate. Um, and I can kind of flesh that out in the conclusion too that. Yes, while it is accurate, we're we're sort of downgrading her for this um, this specific reason. And I can send you the link, Michaela. Not that you couldn't find it easily, but just for that Warren check we did in January. If you did want to use anything from there, okay, yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The other interesting thing that I was trying to think about as I was um, as I was thinking about what grade to land on, you know, there's a lot of articles from the uh, Center for Responsive Politics. Um, and, you know, they do a lot of work researching money that goes into elections and how that influences the candidates in elections. And they were saying that, you know, there is this article on their website about how this pledge to reject donations from corporate PACs has become really kind of popular among non-incumbent Democrats um, or Democrats in the 2018 election. Um, but according to them, it's a largely symbolic gesture um, because for the most part, that money just goes to incumbents, um, you know, people who are already in office. And so therefore, 
these non-incumbents, you know, kind of making these pledges doesn't really, you know, become a sacrifice um, just because the data shows that for the most part, they they donate to, donate to people who are already in office and already sort of have um, some skin in the game with some of these issues. So I thought that was kind of an interesting, I don't know, in the end, it didn't really kind of weigh that heavily on the decision, but um, I just thought that that was kind of an interesting continuation of that trend from 2018. So it's like an easy thing to claim if you are a challenger, you know, right? because you're not getting much of that money anyway. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could totally see that. Whereas, yeah, when you're you're the incumbent and you're part of the establishment more, yeah, it, it, it'd be, yeah, so it'd be interesting to like track people if they do get elected. Does that claim change then when they become the incumbent? If they yeah. do, go yeah, on. yeah, for sure. Because then that would be kind of a good measure of you know how how genuine is that claim? How important is that really to the candidate, or is it really like this article claims just mostly symbolic gesture to sort of a- appeal to a certain kind of voter? Right. It's easy to to claim that you're not taking money from people who don't want to give you money. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want your money. Please, <laughs> please don't give it to me. Um, I'm just kind of poking around and um, uh, I think you mentioned this in the check, but uh, PolitiFact uh, did a similar check on a similar claim from Greenfield um, and they landed on a mostly true, which is the equivalent of our B, um, just to, to buoy our B. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yeah. That's always good to know that, you know, other other like-minded checks are, are coming down in the same area. Right. Um, I was just thinking a lot about corporate PACs, you know, because as we were discussing, it's complicated and we were trying, I've been trying to kind of wrap my head around all these different type of PACs. And I was thinking um, about if we had like a Gazette or Folians corporate PAC, you know, <laughs> not that we would, like, that's probably not something newspapers do, but I have a feeling like our employees would not be able to funnel as much money together as like some of these others. No, not at yeah, all. Completely. Not to say anything about our employer not paying well, but it's just, you know, the difference between like a media company versus um, Raytheon or AT&T or that kind of thing. Are there are there limits on corporate PACs? Like how much they can donate directly to a, to a candidate? My understanding is yes. Okay. Which is different what that's, from Super PAC, which is not what we're talking about. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, okay. what that specific limit is, I'm, I am I can dig into FEC and, and maybe find that out. But off the top of my head, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I think it's, well, I don't know. I think individual PACs, it's uh, 5,000, but I'm not sure if there's different rules for corporate PACs. But anyway. You mean like the individual really- donations? <laughs> Right. Like how I much it's... I as an employee can contribute to my PAC or how much the PAC can contribute to a candidate? How much the PAC can contribute to a candidate. Okay. I'm just reading here. It says um, federal multi-candidate PACs may contribute to candidates as follows. 5000 to a candidate or candidate committee for each election. 15000 to a political party per year. And five thousand to another pack per year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a lot of money, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's 
it's not a lot on the individual level, 5,000 bucks. But if you look at how many different candidates these groups probably support to kind of hedge their bets, like, well, you know, like, we're going to support all these different incumbent senators, you know, because we want to, I guess, potentially secure um, the the willingness of the candidates to take their phone calls or, or I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least favorability in a specific kind of issue. Or like you said, take their phone call on on an issue that's important to that particular corporation. Right. And then, you know, there aren't any limits then on what else they do with their extra leftover money, which is kind of how you end up with um, every commercial on TV being for or against a candidate or an issue, because that's where a lot of their extra money goes once they reach mm-hmm. those other limits. Yeah, definitely. Um I I think that uh, the the ads I mean they're just coming so fast and furiously um that uh, the the fact checker I know we've talked a little bit just through email um just like even if we just checked Greenfield and Ernst claims we probably would have like material every week but um just for our listeners and readers you know we're trying to look at some other races as well trying to um you know kind of spread that review out and one claim that came our way um this was a claim that Ashley Hinson had made now um she is running for uh congress for the US House of Representatives in the 1st district against Abby Finkenauer the democratic incumbent so um, Hinson, who's a Republican, she tweeted, um, I think, June 30th, that, quote, at Abby for Iowa wants Iowans to front a $123 billion bill to pay for the Green New Deal. Does she know that the Green New Deal puts farmers out of business? So that is one that we are um, checking for next week. So you guys can stay tuned and we'll we'll look into, um, you know, the the predicted effect of the Green New Deal on farmers and, um, you know, the cost, the proposed cost of that and so on. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you you find out on that, Erin, because I know you and I kind of talked about this a little bit, just sort of, it, it seems to be like one of those hypothetical checks, just because, you know, Green New Deal hasn't happened yet. How do we kind of figure out what a specific impact could be from from this piece of legislation, it, and in this case specifically to farmers, and and whether or not it would put them out of business, and you know what does out of business mean, and what, um, how would that put them out of business? So I'm I'm very curious to see what you find out. Yeah, yeah, I know I I did I got sourcing back from um, Henson's campaign, so I'll be getting to work on that. Cool, great, well, perfect. Well, it sounds like uh, we have landed on a B for this particular check. So be sure to check with the Gazette to read our written fact check um, and to come back next week for this check on um, Ashley Inson's claim. Um, My name is Michaela Ram. I'm a reporter for the Gazette. Erin Jordan. And I'm Molly. I cover education for the Gazette. Great. Uh, This podcast is produced by Stephen Colbert. Uh, Fact Checker is edited by Craig Jamolis, and the music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. Uh, We appreciate you all taking the time to listen today, and we'll see you next time.
Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.